Hi, welcome to James Miller Lifeology. We learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for joining with us today. Let's get started. I have a great show for you today. I'll be teaching you reasons why your New Year's resolutions typically don't work. I'll also be interviewing Jay Scott, who's the owner and operator of Full Disclosure Fitness, as well as iSciencefit.com. He'll give you inside information on ways in which you can succeed in your health and fitness goals this year. Did you know that on jamesmillerlifeology.com, you can enroll in the academy I created for listeners just like you? I've created courses you can take at your own pace, which will help you simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. Enroll in one of the classes today. You all know me as a psychotherapist, but some of you may not yet know me as a composer. I currently have two albums which have been released. Think of both albums like books. Each composition is composed like a chapter in a book. The first album, Consolation, explores heartache and pain as a character moves to finding healing and hope. The second album, Restoration, explores a character's awakening and being restored to something greater than before. You may purchase these albums on iTunes or any other digital music store. The names of the albums are Consolation and Restoration, and my stage name is James S. Miller. The name of the composition you're currently hearing is from the first album, Consolation, named Stillness. A young man asked Socrates a secret to success. Socrates told the young man to meet him near the river the next morning. Socrates and the young man walked towards the river. When the water came up to their neck, Socrates took the young man by surprise and ducked him into the water. The boy struggled to get out, but Socrates was strong and kept him there until the boy started turning blue. Socrates pulled his head out of the water, and the first thing the young man did was to gasp and to take a deep breath of air. Socrates asked, what did you want the most when you were underwater? The boy replied, air. Socrates then said, that is a secret to success. When you want to succeed as badly as you wanted the air, then you will get it. There is no other secret. The motivation to succeed comes from the burning desire to achieve a purpose. Napoleon Hill wrote, Whatever the mind of man can conceive and believe, the mind can't achieve. A burning desire is a starting point of all accomplishment. Just like a small fire cannot give much heat, a weak desire cannot produce great results. Have you ever wondered why, historically, your New Year's resolutions typically don't last? I know for some people it just becomes a joke. They're saying, oh, my New Year's resolutions is going to be this, it's going to be that. And then they just laugh about it because they know they've historically never been able to be successful with it. Let's think about this logically. The human mind works in a way of creating order. And what I mean by that is the element of time. Not only does time give us past and our future, but it also helps us just organize concepts in general. So we will often build our schedule around time itself. For example, that could be an hour, that could be a day, that could be a week, a month, a year. And so that's why we do it that way. So we need a beginning and an end. So a year fits into the perfect category of a new cycle. However, it's usually not the best time to create a new change. And I'll tell you why. So let's think about it. The last couple months of the year is usually very hectic for many people. Some people who are very celebratory when it comes to the holidays, you know, all the different holidays. And it doesn't mean one specific holiday, but just it's a holiday season. 
And so we go throughout our normal day. If we're already kind of overworked or if our schedule throughout the day is usually really hectic, then we compound it by adding more things. We compound it by all the perhaps holiday shopping we do, all the different parties we may attend, all the other festivities that just happen during that time. So you add that to the whole busy life that you have. And then it's furtherly compounded by our eating habits, our sleeping habits, our drinking habits, whatever those things may be. So if we're struggling with our sleep because we've been doing all these additional things and then we're not eating the way we typically would eat, our body is going to feel lethargic. It's going to feel as if it doesn't have enough energy or enough motivation. And then after a while, the idea of what the holiday season is starts to change because then we have all this guilt and shame for certain behaviors that we've engaged in or perhaps the way we're acting because it's really not typically who we are. And so there's a blessing and a burden when it comes to the holidays. And then so when the year ends, that's the time of reflection. That's a time when we kind of take stock of our life to say, well, what, what's changed in my life or what's important in my life? Perhaps some people are around more friends and family at that time and they realize, oh, I really miss spending time with these people. Or I found that this year was really hectic for me. And then because we use the time constraints as far as a year, then we often will become black and white in our thinking for the year and say, well, this year is a crappy year or this year is a wonderful year. Instead of just compartmentalizing it to say, well, this particular episode in this year was bad or I did not like it. Because if we lump it all together, well, then when we do that time of reflection, it is going to feel as if the year was one or the other. And that's not the case at all. So we have our sleeping habits, we have our eating habits, we have our time schedule, it's, it's overwhelming, we reflect on the year, we feel as if the year has been a good, bad, or, or however you may define it. And then we create these unrealistic expectations for next year. Well, then this next year, I'm going to do this, or I'm going to make sure that I present myself in this way, or the things that are not important to me, I'm not going to focus on those. Wonderful opportunities to make a life change. But the problem is, is if your schedule is already so busy by all the things that you've done the last couple of months, well, you're already burnt out. So then once the holidays are over and then you try and implement this new change, well, you don't have any energy reserves to start something new because you're already burnt out before the year even starts. So it's unfortunately, it's a setup for many people. The other component is this. There are some people who suffer with seasonal affective disorder. Of course, I'm not diagnosing anybody. But if you're in a place, wherever you may live, where there's not a lot of sunlight throughout the year, and so in the winter months, as the year starts over, the days may be shorter, you may not have much sunlight, and so then you find that your energy level is kind of low. You find that you kind of struggle with doing things that you typically would do, should it be the summertime, or just engaging in behaviors that you know are healthy for you, because you just don't have the motivation for it. So once again, that could be another setup for that. By chance, if you do suffer with seasonal affective disorder or something that's kind of similar to that and you find yourself a little more depressed, kind of under the weather, that might be something to talk with your medical provider with that. Another thing to maybe even look at is what's called a light box. A light box is simply an LED light that one has on in the background. It's usually about 18 inches away from your face at a 45 degree angle and it simulates the sun. So it helps stimulate the chemicals in your body, which helps you wake up much more effectively, gives you more energy, which helps you just find yourself much more focused and have the ability to complete the tasks you need. So that's a little bit of a workaround that you can talk with your, with your doctor about. So one thing I want us to also look at is when you create whatever these new things are going to be in your life, we want to kind of put them in two categories. We have one category of behaviors that we're going to do differently. Then another one is the attributes that we want to change in our personality per se. 
So the behaviors are essentially, let's say you want to do health and fitness. That's a new thing for you. Or nutrition, you want that to be better. Or maybe even spending more time with friends and family. Well, those are actually behaviors that you would incorporate. And then the other part of it that I want to look at is the personal attributes. And that could be where you may have the desire to be more joyful or to laugh more or to give more positive self-affirmation. That's something that you have to do internally. So when we break them up into two categories, it gives us kind of a slightly different direction of what to do. And in one of my previous episodes, it was actually a ways to teach you how to methodically create goals and objectives for yourself. So I really recommend you go back to that one because that will give you step-by-step ways in which you can be successful in any goal that you create. But this particular episode is not specifically about how to create goals, but it's more of ways to kind of figure out why your New Year's resolutions typically don't work. So we go back to this whole behavioral component. Well, keep in mind, your schedule, if it's already so hectic from the end of the year, and then, like I said earlier, you're already burnt out starting up. Well, how are you going to create a whole new behavior? When are you going to put it into your schedule? And that's one of the most difficult things is because, let's say let's say it is the gym, and you say, well, I'm going to go to the gym for an hour. All right, well, then it's not only an hour, but then you have to figure out what time you're going to get up. You're going to have to figure out traffic time. So the goal is bigger than what we think as far as one hour of dedication to something. And then as we become more and more busy throughout our work life, well, then that goal is actually not going to be met because it's really not part of our schedule originally. So then when are we going to figure it out? So what I do really recommend is that if you have, let's say, a year goal, since that's what we typically do for New Year's resolutions, the first three months, it's really more about figuring out when it's going to be in your schedule. And when you can figure out when it's going to be and you practice it and then you can finally figure out kind of the best fit, well, then you really implement the behavioral change. Because if you try and do it all at once, well, you're just setting yourself up. So you're saying you're going to go to the gym or you're going to eat differently, but you haven't kind of figured out how it all fits together. So your desire to be successful with that new goal still may be there, but because you haven't been successful with figuring out when it's going to be in your day, then you're going to fail. So there's an old myth that we typically thought that it takes 21 days for us to engage in a behavior before it becomes a habit. Well, that's actually not true. The statistical value of that is really 66 days of engaging in a behavior until it becomes a habit. Now, that's the actually doing the behavior. It's not 66 days total, and then all of a sudden it's a habit. You have to engage in the behavior 66 times, and then it becomes a habit. So there is a difference there that you want to be mindful of. So that's why it goes back to me really having you figure out the first three months of this year span of when you're going to do it. So if it takes 66 times to create a habit, well, and if you thought before it was 21 times, well, of course you're going to fail because it won't be an intrinsic change for you. So that's what one reason why a lot of this doesn't work out is because we don't give it enough time and we haven't figured out when we're actually going to do this in our schedule. The other part is if we're going to have those personality attributes or kind of change in our mindset, well, when are we going to figure that out? When are we going to do that? Because if we're so used to kind of going on autopilot at times, you know, if we're in a work meeting or we're engaging with our friends, often our default personality comes out and we forget that we want to be more joyful. We forget that we want to laugh more. We forget that we want to have more positive self-affirmations. So one thing that I typically like to have people do, just a random check-in. The majority of us all have some type of smartphone, which has an alarm on there. You randomly set your alarm to go off at a certain time. And so when it goes off, 
it triggers you to remind yourself, oh, this I set this alarm for this particular reason. Let me do a self-scan of myself to determine how I'm feeling. Have I laughed more today? Have I engaged more with, with the people I, that are important to me? Am I experiencing more joy today? So when you create that random check-in with yourself, it helps you be more aware of the attributes that you want to change in your life. Because without some type of reminder, we will struggle with that and we'll forget about it. Because that's a really quick fix and ways to remind yourself of that. And then the more you do it throughout the day, as we know, 66 times, it helps us become much more mindful of that. And then it just becomes an intrinsic change where we can always have that time to stop and reflect to make sure we're demonstrating the attributes that we wanted to change. Your New Year's resolutions can be fulfilled. It's just now you have more information to help you understand where some of the pitfalls may be or why you may have historically struggled. So I'd really recommend you go back and listen to my episode, which was entitled Ways to Create, Measure, and Achieve Your Goals for Success. That gives you step-by-step instructions of what to do, what to create, how to make measurable goals, and you will be successful in anything you do. A quick example of one of the courses you'll find in the Academy, entitled, When All Hell Breaks Loose. <laughs> We've all experienced when nothing seems to go right. This class specifically helps you process the event, regroup, and use what was thought as a stumbling block and turn it into a stepping stone. Enroll in it today. I have the pleasure of introducing Jay Scott, who's a founder of FullDisclosureFitness.com, which is his own personal podcast, as well as the owner and operator of iFitness.com, which is an online personal training program. Welcome to my show, Jay. Hey, thank you for having me, James. I really appreciate it. Yes, definitely. I know you have a great story of your own of how you started your own business and how it's become a prominent business in your community. So I can't wait to hear more about it. Oh, well, man, I'm just happy to be here and happy to be talking about my first love, which is, you know, fitness. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, let's just jump into it. I wanted to talk to you about New Year's resolutions. It seems like everybody has their own version of resolutions, and one of those resolutions usually involves fitness. I work with many people who want their internal self and their external self to look the same. And so with that, sometimes they create really unrealistic fitness goals. Have you found that's the same with your own clients as well? Oh, yeah. And it it comes from unrealistic expectations and wanting to get it done now and a lot of things like that. It's It's a lack of patience because the marketing that we hear all the time, it doesn't promote patience. So there's a lot of factors that contribute to that. Definitely. As we all know, we live in a society that wants a quick fix. We are really often bombarded with so many people on TV who have all these amazing bodies, and that's something we want ourselves. But the problem is, is that we often have these expectations that we can get that right away. For example, my New Year's resolution is I'm going to look like this fitness model in three months or in six months, and that's really unrealistic. You need to practice Kaizen, you know, the old Japanese word that means constant, steady improvement. That's really Mm -hmm. what this is about. And most anything in life that's worthwhile, you'll find it's about that too. That's a really good point. So then how do you help your clients kind of figure out their own realistic goals for themselves? Well, what you want to do is you want to look at the person. If they have 100 pounds to lose, you're going to tell them, look, you may be able to lose two or three pounds a week for the first little while. And then Mm -hmm. you may slow down to a pound or two a week. And so they can kind of do the math on that. And you have to get to the point where They are doing this. The lifestyle is livable enough that it can run in the background. So while they're at work, while they're dealing with their family, while they're doing all these things, that they're losing fat in the background. And within months, they're going to be a different person. And maybe it might take up to a year to become, to get to actually where you want to go. But Mm -hmm. that patience and being able to let that fitness run in the background, it's imperative. Yeah, I'm sure that's really discouraging for most people when they think, oh my God, it's going to take that long. So how do you then help them not get so discouraged to even work on these goals? 
Well, one thing is you first say, what's happened over the last year? How much progress have you made? And mm-hmm. that gets them to look backwards at the past year, and they say, well, actually, I'm, I de-progressed. <laughs> I gained five pounds this year. So what would happen if you are at your goal within the yeah. next year? And if you don't have a lot to lose, if you have 30 to 50 pounds to lose, you can get there in three or four months. There's a lot of things that going on here, and it depends on the person's goal. Not everybody wants to be shredded and ripped. Sure. A lot of people just want to be healthy and in shape. Yeah, and that's a really good point because I think a lot of times people think that working out or making a physical transformation, that it means I have to become ripped or shredded, and that's really not the case at all. You're exactly right. It's a pendulum, and when the pendulum swings one way, we want to naturally swing it back the other way. Unfortunately, pendulums don't stop. They keep going. Mm -hmm. When you swing back the other way and you're overkilling the exercise and overdoing the diet, at some point, usually two weeks to a month into the new year – it swings back the other way again, and then you've got this vicious thing going on that's just terribly counterproductive. Yeah, exactly, because I think that then starts a vicious cycle all over again. It does, and it can cause binge eating disorders. I, I've got one myself, and it stemmed from that, getting ripped and then overindulging and then getting ripped and then overindulging. It starts to swing back and forth, and you've, you've got to be able to find moderation, and moderation mm-hmm. is not as sexy. It doesn't sell as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Can you imagine the biggest loser? Okay, today we're going to eat moderately, and we're going to exercise for 30 minutes, guys. That show's not going to sell, right? Yeah. you got to work them for 10 hours, make them eat 1,200 calories, keep them from eating anything tasty, make them really suffer, and then that puts it out there. It's it's just, you know, we're ingrained that way as humans. I'm talking about myself, too. We like to watch Mm -hmm. a movie with with Darth Vader, you know, with a good Mm -hmm. enemy in it. We don't want to see people just go about their daily lives normally. We'd like to see some drama. And unfortunately, when you push that drama into your real life, you're going to reap some bad rewards. So you need to have moderation in your real life. That's the difference between TV and real life. And I really like your philosophy about that. That's one of the things I really noticed about you, that you're really good at helping people live a moderate life uh, with incorporating the physical fitness and awareness into a daily basis as opposed to becoming so obsessed with it that it becomes an unattainable lifestyle. Yeah, and it's custom for each person. You know, that's what we do mm-hmm. at iScience Fit. We we custom make your diet plan. I like to mm-hmm. intermittent fast, so that means that I stay busy all day. I don't really think about food, and I like to have most of my food at night. Well, mm-hmm. that's fine, but that's not going to work for everybody. Sure. So you have to see if somebody loves breakfast. They just love breakfast. Then we've got to keep their breakfast in there, and we'll cut food out somewhere else, maybe snacks or something like that. Mm-hmm. So. It's definitely mm-hmm. got to be tailor-made for the person with a lot of things, workouts like P90X and diet plans mm-hmm. like low-carb. While those will work for certain people, they're not going to work for everybody. So you have to be able to fit it. You were talking about schedules. You have to be able to fit mm-hmm. the workout in your schedule. It's just there's a lot of factors going on. Well, I think this is a really good segue into the next thing I wanted to ask you. Have you noticed that this time of year, there's usually certain type of fitness trends or fitness fads that are kind of marketed towards people who want to make these fitness New Year's resolutions? Yeah, treadmills, exercise machines, fat-burning pills, uh, system diets. While some of these things aren't inherently bad, mm-hmm. they're not the answer. You know, they're not the answer. So what you're really wanting to do is incorporate good habits. And you want to start mm-hmm. lightly. You want to start small. You don't want to just swing that pendulum. You want to say, okay, you know, I'm not walking at all, and I'm eating pastries and cakes and cookies over the holidays. So first thing I'm going to do is stop eating so many pastries and cakes and cookies. I'll have maybe you know a cookie every day or something. You know, I'm going to cut back mm-hmm. on that. And I'm going to start taking a walk. And that's it. 
you know, yeah, but instead people say, I'm going to eat egg whites and rice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to eat plain baked potatoes and baked chicken breast with no salt. And <laughs> I am going to run two miles a day every day. Sure. And then I'm going to work out with weights five days a week. You can't yeah. keep that up. Well, yeah, because over the holidays, we overindulge in other areas of our schedule. And so all of a sudden we're going to try and take the same amount of time with the overindulgence and move it over into something that's healthy well, if we couldn't maintain that same schedule or that same overindulgence during the holidays because we're all so tired, well, there's no way we're going to be able to do that at the same time with this new person we're trying to become. This is such a great message. This is really, really important for the people listening to hear. This is the answer. It's not that treadmill. It's not that. It's not a new kind of ball that you get on the floor and go side to side with or whatever. This is the answer. Moderation. Yeah. And really, even underneath that, what are your emotional reasons to get in shape? You know, if it's sure. to impress Sally at work, which we've all done that kind of thing, you know, but if it's that shallow, it's probably not going to last. You need to think deeper. You need to associate mm-hmm. deep emotions with those goals, and then you'll be yeah. more likely to follow through on them. Well, it's because it's an intrinsic change instead of a superficial reason for wanting to do it. Yes, yes. You don't want to do it for other. You want to do this for yourself, for some deep reason that is a part of you, your inner being. And when you can tie that in, then you're going to actually be pulled towards your goal instead of uh, pushing towards it, kind of like Tony Robbins says. He, he compares it. You can't use willpower to just keep grinding towards the goal. you got to have a reason out there so strong mm-hmm. that you're almost pulled towards that goal. Yeah, I know for me in the past, I guess, 20 years, I've incorporated exercise and fitness so much in my daily routine because for me, if I don't do it, I, it's obvious internally how I feel. I, I don't feel as motivated. I don't feel as um, goal-oriented. I, I just feel uh, like I, I just can't really achieve the goals that I want. So for me, you know, one of the things I really teach is the spirit-mind-body connection of how all things work together. And the way, if you're struggling with your emotions, you definitely have to have that kinetic movement. So it's so important to have a good reason for doing it. And how you may look afterwards is just a byproduct of it, but that's really not the reason why you should do it. It's going to help you with your emotional well-being when you incorporate the exercise. You're exactly right. So switching gears here, I wanted to ask you, are there specific types of gyms that people who are making this change should be aware of or maybe think more about, you know, like a box gym or uh, one of those big fitness chain gyms? Are there really specific places that they should be more mindful of? Well, it really doesn't matter where you work out. What matters is that you do it consistently and that it fits into your life. So I know people that work out at the gym. They love it. They love to get out of the house. They're getting away from everything. They're going to the gym. It's almost a meditation of sorts. My clientele, which I train people via webcam on the computer. So you just log on. You don't have to get ready to go to the gym. You don't have to go to get in the car and drive to the gym. And it's a big time saver. People like to do that. That's a different type of person. That's another niche. Yeah. It's, a type, it's a person who wants to save time, who wants to get it. So wants to be accountable and have a trainer there to guide them. And some, another person would like to go to the gym and have a trainer there. It really doesn't matter. The thing that matters is it's got to fold and incorporate into your life and become a habit. Some people like to start with a trainer and then move off on their own, and that works. Some people can actually make those small changes and ease into it themselves and go ahead and start, and that works. And then there are outliers, and everybody seems to think they are one, you know, like Mark Zuckerberg with Facebook, you know, our millionaires super quick. And we all look at them, we're like, well, I should be able to do that, you know? Yeah. And the truth is that the people who start at the new year, I don't know the exact percentage, I think it's something like 8% actually follow through. 
So they start like gangbusters and they follow through. They actually, but don't think you're an eight percenter because more than likely you're a 92 percenter. And that means that you need to ease into it. We don't, we always look at these outliers and we compare our bloopers with other people's highlight reels and we feel inadequate. Don't do that. You know, just ease into it. Find what works for you. A lot of times it's a trainer and a lot of times it may be a gym for you. You'll have to try some things out, see what works for you. Well, speaking of trainers, are there any specific questions they should ask or maybe even what they should look for when they're going to hire a personal trainer? Yeah, again, it's it's moderation. So if a trainer mm-hmm. is working you until you feel like you're about to die, it's a bad sign. They don't know mm-hmm. very much. But mm-hmm. my workouts are intense at moments, and then there are times when you're relaxed and you don't dread the next workout. If you're dreading sure. the next workout because of pain, and I don't mean like pain in your knees, but I mean that that means it's a horrible trainer. But anyway, yeah. just just the pain of fatigue. If you're dreading it, oh, I don't know if I can do this. It's so miserable. Then the trainer probably doesn't know what they're doing. If he's telling you to cut out major food groups like carbohydrates or what make you fat, so cut them all out, and it's just not livable. You know, he doesn't know that much about nutrition. So it's all about moderation. If a trainer is saying, yeah, you can have some treats, you know, it's not a big deal. You can have some. Yeah. Make sure it's about 20% of your diet and 80% of your diet's nice and healthy and clean or whatever. And, eh, mm-hmm. You know, we're going to ease into this. If you're eating three donuts for breakfast, we're going to go down to two donuts and we'll cut back from there. Then that's a very moderate trainer. Look for that kind of attitude that is just, you know, yeah, we're going to make these constant steady improvements. Ties in, that's what I was talking about. And we're going to make uh-huh. them better and better every single day. And before you know it, you're going to be in great shape, and we're going to make this a lifestyle for you. So always look for that in a trainer. Don't A trainer who just tries to get you to a goal, that's not good. You want him to give mm-hmm. you a new lifestyle. Well, what I hear you saying about that is, is, is it sustainable? Can you sustain what they want you to do and incorporate that into your daily lifestyle? Right. If you can, can't sustain this, if you can't see this becoming part of your lifestyle, then it's not going to work long term. You're just not mm-hmm. going to hold up under it. It has to be, and you know, you say, well, I might get used to it, though. Yeah, that's true, but you need to be easing in because you should never have to have that feeling. So you should start with a walk, and then you should start with this, and then you should move a little <laughs> further. It shouldn't be that you're thrown to the wolves, and then you have to adapt like sink or swim. That should, that's not yeah. the best way to learn how to swim. Yeah, you definitely would not be able to sustain that for a long period of time. You know, in the earlier lesson, I've, I kind of I, I talked about this when it comes to setting measurable goals for yourself. And the goals you create are quantifiable. You know that you're meeting them because you have the tangible proof of what that goal looks like. You know, for example, I like to really look at goals maybe like in a year. What I typically have people do is break it down into four segments, so four quarters. And with that, you can kind of create the measurable goals in the first quarter. Let's say you want to lose 50 pounds, uh, 50 pounds in a year. So 50 pounds in a year, then you break it up into the four quarters. And then you create the measurable objectives of, okay, well, I know I'm meeting my goal or meeting my objectives because I've done these certain things and I've lost the weight. So obviously we know that you've lost it. So when you can really break it down into those smaller components, it's much more doable, much more actionable. But what I really want people to recognize is that it doesn't matter how great your plan is. If you haven't built it into your schedule of when you're going to do it, all these other things that you have in mind, it's not going to come to pass. You're not going to be able to fulfill it. So really, it's the first part, the first 
a part of the plan is to really figure out when it is you're going to do it. When is, when is it really feasible or doable? Because if, if you haven't figured that out, there's no way you can sustain the changes you want to make. And then once you've put it in your schedule, then that's when the moderation starts. That's when the slow incremental improvements or increases happen. And mm -hmm. that's how you'll be able to meet your long-term goal. It's because you slowly ramp up to it. That is the key to success is to slow it down and make the measurable goals so that you can be successful. You know, I want to give you one example. I started recently training for strength, which is very unlike me. I usually go really quick and, you know, I don't really do to care how strong I am, but I started to mm -hmm. lift for strength and I could have done a lot more when I started, but I wanted to have those slight increments and let my tendons get used to it, let everything get used mm -hmm. to it. So I started barely light and then I would move up like two and a half or five pounds. And even though I probably could have moved up at first to like 10 pounds. But I would do like two and a half pounds. I would do it and I'd be like, yes, broke another record. And then five <laughs> days later, I would do it again. And I really feel like the overall end result's much better because my tendons are used to it. There was less chance of injury. Mm -hmm. And I'm now getting to the point where I'm really building up. But I, I went ahead and took that couple of months and build up that way. And I think that everybody should get that attitude going in. Say, you know, I could have done an hour of running, but I, I just did 10 minutes because mm -hmm. that's good enough right now. It's more than I did yesterday. Well, Jay, it sounds like you're a great role model, you know, because you don't allow your ego to get in the way of what your goal may be. Yeah, and I definitely have an ego, but overcoming that is a sign of someone who has been in the game a while. And so whenever you mm -hmm. do that, don't think, well, I'm an amateur. Think the opposite. You're a master because you're doing that. You're sure. actually ahead mm -hmm. of all these other people. And uh, that's what you want to be. You want to be the tortoise, not the hare. Well, Jay, unfortunately, our time is up. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you and all the amazing things that you're doing, where would they find your information online? Yeah, I'll just go over it real quick. Uh, iSciencefit.com, that's my online personal training business. So if you're ready to get personal training, head over there. Uh, FullDisclosureFitness.com, what I'd actually rather people do is go to some of my free stuff and get to know me. And that's mm -hmm. at FullDisclosureFitness.com. So you can go there, check out my podcast, and you can also go to youtube.com slash channel. So I have a YouTube channel. I put up three videos a week on mindset, nutrition, recipes, workouts, and it's completely free. And just youtube.com slash channel, all one word, or you can type in jscottfitness in the search bar at the top of the YouTube page and subscribe to that channel and subscribe to my podcast and you'll be connected to me. Well, I think that's great. Yeah, I definitely want to endorse you on my show today. I think you have some really good points and some takeaways for my listeners today. So, Jay, once again, thank you for being a guest on my show today. You are very welcome, James. Thank you for having me. I also want to thank you, the listener, for joining with us today. Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you joined with us today. Also, please visit my website where you may enroll in Lifeology Academy, read my published articles, and watch all my YouTube episodes I created just for you. If you'd like to become a show sponsor or become a guest, please visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.